When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good morning. Uh, welcome to Leading Off with True Blue LA. It's Friday, August 5th. Uh, we're ending the week uh, with a sort of another tribute to Vince Scully. Uh, I'm your host, Eric Steven. I forgot to mention that. Um, the Dodgers are starting a homestand tonight. Uh, it's the first uh, games at Dodger Stadium since Vince Scully died, and they're going to have a pregame ceremony on Friday. There will be lots of tears involved, I'm sure. Uh, the Dodgers started wearing a patch on their jersey that's a black circle that says Vin with a microphone on Wednesday. So I, I presume they would they're going to wear that uh, for the rest of the year. But uh, today I want to look back uh, going into the weekend at um, a pair of Vin Scully firsts. Uh, so when he retired in 2016, he was only calling home games at that point in his career. Didn't really, didn't travel. Um... And his final Dodger Stadium call was Charlie Culberson's walk-off home run to win the NL West. It was a beautiful moment. Um, all the Dodgers celebrated on the field. Uh, to start that game, the, uh, every Dodger, as they went to home plate, um, backed out and tipped their helmet to Vince Scully in the press box. And uh, it was it was very touching. Just a very emotional day. Um, but So that was his last home game. But the Dodgers still had a week left in the year. So... Um, they had already predetermined that uh, Scully was going to make that one last road trip uh, against the Giants, the last three games of the year. So he called those last three games on the road. Um, now, 
aside from the rivalry, there was a, more significance to this than just Dodgers-Giants. Um, so the last game was Sunday, October 2nd. That marked the 80th anniversary of the first game that Scully could remember, the uh, first baseball game he can remember sort of knowing about or seeing. He, he didn't watch it, but like um, this was game two of the World Series between the Yankees and the Giants at the Polo Grounds. Vin, who at that time was uh, eight, uh, nearly nine, years old. Um, this is uh, from an interview, I believe in 2016, uh, talking about the significance of that date. He says, uh, I went by a Chinese laundry and the window was in the line score of the World Series game. That would be October 2nd, 1936. And the Yankees beat up the Giants 18 to four. As a little boy, my first reaction was, oh, the poor Giants. <laughs> so that's like a classic Scully moment, too. Like, it really shows his empathy, which I think was one of the keys to making him a great broadcaster. Like, he didn't rip guys, right? I mean, not that a lot of broadcasters do, but, like, he truly did, like, uh, you know, try to find the best in people. And, and uh, it, that sort of showed, right? It, it, it's uh, We talked uh, on the, the lineup uh, podcast yesterday about... Um, him sort of always having a state of wonder and curiosity, and I think it, it goes a long way too to to extend that to, um, you know, sort of being in, being empathetic to how what someone else is going through. But anyway, that that game, oddly enough, an eighteen to four defeat made Vin a, a Giants fan. Um, so. Uh, we're going to look back at that game, Game 2 of the 1936 World Series. Uh, it was a marquee matchup. Uh, the Yankees, uh, by this point, they had they no longer had Babe Ruth, uh, who, with whom they won four World Series and were you know contending every year, but they were still perpetually good. Um, after winning the 1932 World Series, that was with Ruth, they finished second in the AL uh, three years in a row, but they made it back to the World Series this year with the help of Joe DiMaggio, who was a rookie. At the time, the Giants were also very good. Um, so Bill Terry, uh, Giants manager, he had the impossible task of uh, taking over for John McGraw, who was there for like three decades. But Terry won a World Series in his first year at the helm of the Giants, 1933. Uh, that was the This year uh, was the first of two World Series in a row between these teams. They also, in the 20s, uh, met two or three consecutive times 1921 to 23 the Giants won the first two of those and the and the Yankees won in 1923 so they're, they're doing the uh this little streak here of where they're playing every year again um the Giants won game one behind Hall of Famer Carl Hubble uh at the polo ground so they're up one nothing they go into game two uh, and as Vin alluded to it was all Yankees right 18 to 4 it's uh, nothing around that uh the big innings were a seven run third inning and a six run ninth the 18 runs uh, still stands as the World Series record for one game uh, for one team. Um, all Yankee, all nine Yankee starters had at least one hit, which has happened 25 times in World Series history. I, I was actually surprised at how often that that was. Um, this was the fifth such occurrence, uh, you know, at, at this sort of early stage of baseball. Uh, the Yankees had nine different players score, uh, which has only happened nine times in World Series history. This was the second time. Uh, the, the last team to score, uh, have nine players score a run in a World Series game was the Dodgers in 2017 in Game 5 in Houston. For the life of me, I couldn't pull up the box score, so I'm not exactly sure how that ended. Um, in uh, 1936, back in Game 2 here, Yankees second baseman Tony Lazeri hit a grand slam in the third inning. It was just the second grand slam in World Series history. 
Uh, the first also, uh, involved the Dodgers in 1920. It was by Cleveland's Elmer Smith um, in Game 5 against Burley Grimes. And um, anytime I have a chance to bring up Burley Grimes, I'm going to do it. So I was very happy to find that sort of fun fact. Um, catcher Bill Dickey, like Lazari, drove in five runs. He had two hits, including a three-run homer in the ninth. So as good as an 18-4 win was, it was still an even series. And then they're going on the road. Uh, it was a little, not quite the same series setup as before. Plus, the two teams were uh, close. Not that it, that necessarily mattered. A, a lot of teams are relatively close, uh, with no teams like uh, west of St. Louis. But um, this win, even the series, one-one. The Yankees did win the next two games at home, though, and then they ended up beating the Giants in six games. The that Yankees team is considered uh, arguably like the best sort of mini dynasty in um, baseball history. They won four straight World Series. They, like, outscored teams by a ton every single year. Um, yeah, it was just a dominant, dominant team, and this was the first. Um, but, yeah, th- so that's – it marked the first time – the first baseball game that Vince Coley can remember. So that that makes it cool, and uh, we'll talk about another first for Vince Coley uh, after this. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, so Vin was, you know, as we mentioned, a young lad. Uh, in 1936. He's still very young in 1950. Uh, he's just 22. He's fresh out of Fordham University. He was hired by the Dodgers uh, by uh, broadcaster Red Barber to join Barber and Connie Desmond in the announcer's booth. Um, and Scully's first game was April 18th, 1950. Uh, it was opening day for the Dodgers against the Phillies at Scheib Park in Philadelphia. Uh, I was trying to look up, there wasn't a ton of mention of Scully that I could find, um, you know, uh, leading up to this, but the Brooklyn papers, what I saw in a few instances referred to him as Vince, uh, in a few articles leading into the season. Um, Don Newcomb started for the Dodgers. This was his second year with them. Uh, Newcomb won 17 games in, uh, 1949, uh, after joining the Dodgers, uh, from the Negro leagues. Uh, he was an all-star, uh. We talked about this on a previous episode with the Dodgers hosting the All-Star Game this year. They also hosted in 1949. It was the first MLB All-Star Game that had uh, any black players at all. And Newcomb was there. Uh, Roy Campanella was there. Jackie Robinson was there. Uh, Larry Doby was there for uh, Cleveland. But yeah, in 1949, Newcomb was an All-Star. He was Rookie of the Year. Uh, He'd be an All-Star again in 1950 and 1951. He won 19 games in 1950, but not on this day, on opening day. Uh, the Phillies jumped on Newcomb and the Dodgers early. Um, they scored two in the first, three in the second, two in the third. That I mean, kind of put this game away. They ended up leading eight nothing at one point. They won nine to one. 
Um, Newcomb didn't last too long. He only faced eight batters. Uh, that, that's one of the things that, like, sort of old school baseball, um, there's the flip side, like, you know, everyone used to pitch deep into games or whatever, but they managers would also have a quick hook sometimes, and not that he didn't necessarily deserve it, but, like, you'd see a lot of guys pulled early, but also part of that was because uh, they didn't always run out of available pitchers every day. So they, they had like a, you know, sort of a long man to use in case of emergency or something like that. Uh, it, it's always interesting to see how like pitcher usage has sort of developed over the years. Not, not that it's like good or bad. It's just different, you know? Uh, so Newcomb only faced eight batters. He got three outs. He recorded four runs. So not a good start. Uh, Jack Hand of the Associated Press in his game story seemed very fixated on the fact that Don Newcomb was 6'4 and 220 pounds. Uh, this was part of the lead. Uh, Don Newcomb, jumbo-sized pitching ace of the favored Brooks, was knocked out of the box in the second inning. Later in the story, Jack Hand wrote, uh, Newcomb had nothing but size at Scheib Park, where the youthful Phillies humbled Brooklyn behind Robin Roberts' seven-hit workout. So uh, it seemed a little much there, <laughs> laying it on a little thick. Um... So those uh, he mentioned the uh, the youthful Phillies uh, and that team was called the Whiz Kids and uh, they did um, you know they were a very good team they beat the Dodgers nine to one in Vince Coley's first game they won the pennant that year but not without a fight from Brooklyn um, the Dodgers trailed those Phillies by two games heading into the final two games of the season at Ebbets Field. Uh, Brooklyn won the opener 7-3, setting up the final day of the season to decide the pennant, or at least uh, force, if the Dodgers won, to force a three-game playoff. Um, Sunday was uh, Don Newcomb again versus Robin Roberts, um, both of them sitting on 19 wins. Both were brilliant. They allowed one run through nine innings, and of course, both stayed in the game. Uh, Roberts uh, actually led off the 10th inning uh, with a single off Newcomb to start the 10th. Uh, Eddie Waitkiss did the same, and then Richie Ashburn sacrificed them to second and third, and then that brought up Dick Sisler, who hit a three-run home run off Newcomb, uh, who finished the inning, and then the Dodgers couldn't score in the bottom of the frame. So they lost 4-1, the Phillies won the pennant, and it was sort of a heartbreaking loss. Um, and it, that year especially for Newcomb was was sort of, um, it was rough against the Phillies because, so he, he lost both the first and last game of the season, um, against both against Robin Roberts and the Phillies only won the pennant by two games. So you turn one game around, you're at least in a playoff. Uh, but yeah, so that had to be tough to sort of sit with. Um, on the year, uh, Newcomb faced the Phillies more than any other team. He started eight times against them. He was only two and five with a 4.40 ERA against everyone else. He was 17 and six with a 3.50 ERA. He was, you know, he was great. Like it just. Not maybe not in these two games, but yeah. Uh, but even though you know Newcomb and the Dodgers lost in that uh, opening game, uh, it's still a cool game because it started the. Uh, it was momentous for the for the team, you know, and 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 baseball really. It launched the glorious and wonderful career that lasted sixty seven years for one uh, Vincent Edward Scully, or you know, some people called him Vince at the time, but obviously everyone knows him as Vin. What a wonderful career, and it had to start somewhere, and I hope you enjoyed this very brief um, sort of remembrance of a pair of first for Vince Scully. Uh, we'll miss him, and I'm glad you're listening, and we'll talk to you next week. Have a good weekend, everybody. <laughs>